Hey, I'm Kelsey, nutritionist turned visionary online entrepreneur. I'm a coach, content creator, ghostwriter, and forward-thinking business owner. My career path has been anything but ordinary, and I've navigated my fair share of drastic industry and job changes. On this weekly show, I share about my personal journey through career highs and lows, and I interview fellow entrepreneurs who share their unique paths as well, all in hopes of inspiring you to start walking out your most visionary life. You can expect interviews and conversations about living an inspired life, becoming an entrepreneur, and running a thriving business. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Two hours north of Toronto lies a beautiful community of creatives, heart-led business owners, and above all, a group of visionaries who are creating their best life one day at a time. The way they live and lead their lives is extraordinarily inspiring. You feel the energy of the county the moment you set foot there. Everyone from your coffee shop barista to your brewery owner has a cozy, welcoming vibe written all over them. They are so happy you're here, supporting their business that they've worked hard to bring to life. They are laid back yet hardworking, they are family oriented yet business savvy, they are confident in their craft and in the towns that they have settled in. In this county you can feel a different energy, one of peace, calmness and contentment. I'm talking about Prince Edward County in Ontario, Canada. If you've never heard of it, might I suggest you check it out. If you've been, you know exactly the energy I'm speaking to. This is a four-part series of Visionary Life where I interview the most visionary business owners in the county. We will be sitting down with a plant studio, an apothecary, a fresh cafe, and a brewery. Each business owner has a unique story as to why they settled in the county and decided to create a life there. And I can't wait to shine a spotlight on them in this series. I have no doubt they'll inspire you to vacation in the county, launch your own business, or live out your destiny even if it means facing change and adversity. Let's dive in. Today on the show, we are chatting with Samantha from Parsons Brewery. Samantha and her husband, Chris, didn't always live in the county or have a business in beer. In fact, much of their lives were spent living in Toronto, where Chris had a career in banking and Samantha had an advertising role with TELUS Communications. Chris began brewing beers in their garage with a single 50-liter tank, and upon receiving rave reviews from thirsty friends, the business of brewing organically started to grow. Today, Chris and Samantha have moved their life to a beautiful property just outside of the county and have opened an adjacent brew house, bottle shop, and community hub in a restored barn house. Dave and I had the chance to sip on four of their beers and I can truly say that they are some of the best brews we have ever tasted. As soon as we pulled up to the barn, I knew their business was about more than just beer though. It was a place for family, for community, for connection, for enjoyment of life. Be sure to check out my Instagram post to see more photos of Parsons. I know it will make you want to stop for a visit next time you're near Prince Edward County. So let's dive into this episode with Samantha Parson, where we chat about how they went from living as nomadic souls and big city life to living in the county, what it's like to start a business with your significant other, why it's important to create a proper business plan, plans for expansion, 
their visions for making a big impact on a small community by creating a hub, reframing the fear of competition in a crowded industry, and so much more. So we get right in with Samantha sharing her story of their life before the brewery. So let's dive right in. We were living in Toronto. Um, and we were between work at the time, so I was on mat leave uh, mm-hmm. with our with Camilla, our daughter, and I was at the time working for Telus Taco Company, advertising, um, long, long hours, loving what I was doing. Uh, Chris had been working in banking for 16 plus years at Merritt Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, he had taken some time off at that time and uh, been traveling in South America, um, and then we had decided we're both avid travelers and we had decided okay mm-hmm. with little ones coming into the picture perhaps we can't do as much adventure travel as we would like to be doing so we started looking for a cottage mm-hmm. at the time our oldest boy was going to um, a private school not too far from here in Belleville mm-hmm. and uh, my in-laws had retired here so we originally got married here in Wapoos um, and we thought we looked at all the usual places Stony Muskoka and mm-hmm. uh, and not one of them had this sense of the culture and the food and the wine and the beer um, and a sense of community that Prince Edward County really has. Mm-hmm. And that's where we thought this is where we need to buy our cottage. So we purchased our property, which is about 19 acres. Um, and then we started to visit. We kept, we lived in High Park in Toronto prior to moving here. That's where Dave and I live. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. It, I, I miss the Ron C. Walk, yeah. right? It's, it's absolutely a stunning part of Toronto. So we travel back and forth quite a bit. And when I was ready to go back to Mat Leave, we thought back to, from my Mat Leave, back mm-hmm. to work. Um, we fell in love with the place and decided I wouldn't go back. And we would really focus and shift gears a little bit so that we could focus on raising our kids mm-hmm. and really raising our kids in a place that reflected sort of the salt of the earth people that we both are as individuals and we have now become as a, as a family sort of proud and, and authentic and, um, and looking for more of quality of life, which we both were uh, in Toronto and enjoying what we were doing. Um, but it was a hustle, and not that we're not hustling right now. It's in a different way, hustling. Uh, so that's that's how we ended up in this big 19-acre mm. farm, uh, where we're currently sitting um, is six acres that uh, up until about three and a half years ago was nothing but field. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to rent it to a, to a farmer, and we had cornfield. And then this whole notion of a brewery started. Okay, yeah, and we're definitely going to dive into that. So one thing that actually just dawned on me is that you kind of said, like, you're looking for that quality of life, and it immediately takes me, because I live in Toronto right now, is that oftentimes with that big city mentality, it's like a quantity thing. It's like, how much can I do in a day? Exactly. How many, like, fitness classes can I try? Exactly. It's definitely... it's not a bad thing, one versus the other, but yeah, I just think the word quality of life really speaks to me about this area in particular. Um, so did you and your husband grow up in Toronto? A good question. So I was born in Guatemala, okay. Latin America. Yeah. I moved to Toronto when I was 12, and yeah. we bounced around quite a bit with okay. family. 
Chris uh, was born in Windsor, Ontario, mm -hmm. moved to Ottawa, from Ottawa moved to Tokyo. Um, so he grew up in Tokyo, came back, mm -hmm. and uh, spent some time in Canada, and then back to Tokyo. Yeah. And then the UK, and uh, sort of all over. Um, so you're a bit nomadic with Pretty with nomadic, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I to think, describe. Yeah, I think yeah. we're both pretty nomadic, and that's, it's really no surprise to find us sitting here. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know a whole lot about brewing prior to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris started out in our garage, and which was really cool and it was just a very organic way that mm -hmm. the notion of because of his love of craft beer yeah. the notion of hey what about this cool hobby of making beer and I remember joking saying well Chris this is a really expensive hobby that machine you just bought yeah. when he bought his first uh, machine to make some some beer and uh, so it's all this this sort of organic way and that things just fell into place yeah. and when they did we hit the ground running mm -hmm. fast and furious. So did you ever have hesitations? So obviously you and Chris had that nomadic spirit. Did you ever have hesitations with choosing a new location and feeling like, oh my gosh, this actually might be a long-term thing? How did that feel yeah. versus being more of that traveler lifestyle? Yeah, it, it still feels sometimes, to me particularly, I think Chris yeah. has settled right, right in and awesome. nicely and he's a big yeah. hockey player, so he's one in there with the community. Yes. Um, and to me, it still feels at times like this is serious. Like when I see the building, when I see what's happening, I say, okay, we're here for an yeah. extended period of time. Yeah, it's your uh, home. Yeah, which yeah, it does make it feel like home, having grown up uh, you know, in various different spots. Yeah. And, uh, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling for now. We're in a, in a good place. Um, we have made a lot of progress. We've learned a ton, mm -hmm. and we continue to do so on our on a daily basis. Being an entre entrepreneur is one of those things where there isn't a day where there isn't a new finding or a new breakthrough mm. or a new challenge that you need to quickly figure out yeah. um, what's happening. We were trying to figure out how to get internet out to the barn that you see that we're building right now. So that's, these are all the stuff that, that you constantly have to have to face. Um, so back to your question around, it does feel like there's a commitment. And yeah. I think that's part of being an entrepreneur is, if there's a vision, you need to have a commitment to carry that vision out. And it doesn't mean we're here for the next 20 years, but it means we're here for five to seven years exactly. to see this through. Mm -hmm. um, and options might become available yeah. again in the future. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great mentality. It's like, you know, this may, it's such a mature thing. Like this may not be your forever thing, No. but right now you're all in, yeah. you go for it. And yeah, like we are not stuck as people. If in 10 years it's time to open a second location or time to move on, it's knowing when it's time to pivot. Exactly. If you've reached your end with it, that's okay. I think as business owners or as employees, we often feel like, okay, this is going to be the rest of my life. Right. And that's what really gets us into this stuck routine mentality. Yeah. And people get bored because they feel exactly. like they're not able to pivot. But I love that you're kind of, you know, you, you know, you're committed right now, but yeah. open that things can change. And as we evolve as people, our businesses may need to evolve and that's okay. Um, awesome. So let's dive into some questions around entrepreneurship and a lot of our listeners either own their own business or a lot of them have an idea on their heart and they would love to bring their vision to life. So um, getting into kind of the nitty gritty of our days as entrepreneurs and, and what our businesses look like is very helpful. So 
first of all, I'd love to know, did you ever imagine yourself being an entrepreneur and owning a business? Yeah, good question. Uh, my family has often been involved in various businesses. So I did grow up with um, the notion of running. Um, my dad sort of went back and forth between having his own business and then having being in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, same with my grandparents. So I always, from afar, observed what it would be like to, to own a business. I don't think it's a dream I had. Mm -hmm. I think, for me, it was very much about finding a job, a safe job, a secure job that where I would grow and, mm -hmm. and move on up the ladder. Yeah, of there course. is such a thing. So it's so interesting now that I find myself being an entrepreneur because it, somehow it links me right back to where I started being a young kid growing up with parents who were entrepreneurs and having different types of businesses. I think those are early lessons that you learn on, where, where you learn early on, where it really is about knowing how to move the pieces of what needs, identifying what needs to be done and knowing what levers to pull in order mm -hmm. to get things completed. Yeah. Um, and having a vision and, and being flexible with that vision. There needs to be a bit of an end goal. So I didn't necessarily imagine being an entrepreneur, but now that we're here, it, it seems to really make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we all kind of need to go through that working for someone else and working for a company to really figure out, like, is this what I want? And it just gives you, even when you do start a business, you have such an awesome framework having worked for a larger company and seeing how they run their sales, their marketing, their HR, because then you become all of those departments. Yes. So it is, it's great to have that experience under your belt. And I think it really equips us as business owners to launch into it feeling confident. Exactly. Um, so for people listening who are toying with the idea of maybe starting a small business or large business, what are some of the first steps that you did to bring your vision to reality with this brewery? Yeah, so the first thing was to write a business plan, and I know it yeah. sounds really quite plain, mm -hmm. but what it did for us is, after years of discussing it with Chris, probably, I would say about a year and a half, we would okay. sit outside and just chit-chat and dream it up. What would it look like? What it would smell like? What would it feel like? I love this. So yeah. going through all of the who, what, where, when, how yeah. questions and getting a really good sense of what we wanted to create, then putting it in paper. Because yeah. I think as you start to put it in paper or on paper, you, you realize your, your vision might shift mm -hmm. and or you might realize some gaps that you have in the plan. Um, and then it becomes something a little bit more tangible where you can start to share it with people that you trust um, or perhaps... Um, if you have a mentor, share it with those mentors and say, you know, this is where I'm heading. What, mm -hmm. what does it make sense? Yeah. Um, so that was that was something that happened pretty early on. And as soon as we started to put the idea down to paper, then we knew things things were happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I come from a marketing background, so I began writing a brief, which is just natural for me to okay, let's write a you know conceptual brief and then a creative brief. Mm -hmm. Um, and Chris has a, a ton of talent uh, when it comes to uh, designing, like architecture and design. Okay. So he does a lot. He started to play with the buildings and what would they look like mm -hmm. and combining the two and just really quite complementary our, our skills are in, in how, how we brought this whole thing together. So mm -hmm. that's worked well. Yeah. 
Um, I think you brought up a really important point there, um, which is to share it once you have that vision and you've kind of written out your plan. I think where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck is they keep it in their own head and they're maybe afraid to tell people because it's their idea, right? And if they vocalize it, they feel like they're giving away kind of a secret idea in their head. I feel quite the opposite. I think the more people you share it with, it's almost like you're manifesting it and you're actually bringing it to life. You're giving your vision and your business a voice. And the more people you tell, the faster your idea comes to reality because you start getting into these conversations like maybe you experience this but as soon as you tell people everyone's always willing to link you up with a for you it might have been like oh well I'll link you with my dad he's a brewer or my friend's an architect and you just get all these leads so I mean anyone sitting on an idea I would say like start telling people because you're actually bringing it into the world and I think that's a really powerful step in building a business. Exactly. That's really cool. Um, What do you love most about owning your own business? I love the flexibility and the flexibility is something that you 100% are accountable for and to create that flexibility around your time, Mm -hmm. um, around your commitments, around how much more you're willing and able to take on Um, because it's very easy to say we'll take that and this and that and not be able to ensure that you're still adhering to what your vision is to create. So for example, for us, we're all about providing a really great client experience. Mm. And that's been a really important part of our business. And we continually focus on that. So at one point we need to say, you know, not enough, or we've got enough people simply because we want to continue to adhere to that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's an important aspect for us. Um, So flexibility is important. Um, I love being able to spend time with my kids when it's really key and important that Mm -hmm. also means on weekends I'm working here I'm not necessarily with them but you can create some of that I love mentoring people Um, I that was one of the things that I thought I was going to miss the most about my corporate role is Mm -hmm. having the opportunity to lead people and to work with them on their careers and on their goals Mm -hmm. and on their vision and I'm having the opportunity to do the same just here. So you are hiring people, you are training them, you are developing them, and you're working with them on creating their vision. Mm -hmm. Very different scale than what I did before. Of course. But it feels a lot more personal. Yeah, which is which is really nice. Yeah, that's really neat. I love that you're able to translate those skills to exactly what you do now. I think we can pull on so many of our past experiences and Absolutely. tie them into what we're doing now. So um, it's every experience or job I've ever held, I can always think, oh, you know, I did this because now it's led me to be able to, you know, whether it's mentor my staff here or whatever the case is. Um, as an entrepreneur, do you have a tool or a ritual or an object or a program that you couldn't live without in running your business? It's a good question. Um, I would say there's a there's an there's a model of thinking that I learned many years ago when I was working on leadership development that really looks at every opportunity within a business um, in four different ways. So the first is if there's a challenge within the organization, the first thing you look at is is there an architectural issue? So an architectural issue could be a process issue. It could be um, something on the back end that isn't necessarily allowing the employees to complete the role. Is it a mindset issue? So if it's a mindset mm-hmm. issue, is there something that we need to overcome? Is it a matter of payment paying? Is it a, ma- a matter of incentivizing people? How do you keep people motivated? Mm-hmm. Um, and just constantly looking at, at the various pieces to see what 
what can levers can you pull to mm-hmm. ensure that the overall vision is being completed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's something that I often go back to um, is looking at you know is it training is it mindset um, is it architecture um, or is it overall practice so the ongoing mm-hmm. practice of what you've trained your staff to do. That's that's often something that I will use in whatever challenge I'm, I'm facing. Either. That's really awesome. And does that have like a name or was that just a specific process that a company you worked at used? Yeah, it was a, it was a leadership development program that we uh, designed at TELUS when I was working at TELUS. Okay. Uh, where we would train managers to always look at a situation in this particular mm-hmm. way to uh, ultimately the goal as a leader is to remove barriers mm-hmm. for your team to be successful. Very cool. So you keep mentioning, this is off script a little bit, but you keep mentioning the word leadership and leadership development. Do you feel like you've always been a leader or was this something that a certain role promoted in you or when did the light go off that you were confident stepping into a leadership role? Yeah, good question. I would, I think leadership is something you work on on a daily basis. I, I think there are some people that are naturally confident and there are, but it's it's not, I think it's really about, do you have the ability to get things done through other people and mm-hmm. to get people to identify their own skills and their own uh, passion and their own uh, plan and goal as, yeah. as you move forward. So I think it's really about, are you somebody that likes to learn in a lot or are you somebody that likes to focus on the other person to to get mm-hmm. things going? So I think it really is it's something that I, I, I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. I've always been passionate about and I want to continue to hone in. So I naturally mm-hmm. gravitate towards anything to do with leadership. Yeah. Is that kind of for you like maybe books or is it reading articles or surrounding yourself with mentors that are great leaders? How do you continually stay inspired as a leader? Yeah, I've had some incredible mentors along the way and I continue to connect with them less so now that yeah. I'm running a totally different um, pretty business. Busy now too. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, I constantly read, um, I love uh, articles and uh, having a little bit of structure when you work with, with people, I think it's important, even though our company is fairly small, we have 15 to 20 people, depending on what, mm-hmm. there's, there's a very much seasonality of Prince Edward County. Uh, it's identifying what is going to keep this person engaged and inspired while they're working with us? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's that's the crux of having being able to connect with somebody at that level. Mm-hmm. I love that. So maybe you're not necessarily focused on like, okay, how can we retain this person forever? But no. how can you maximize who they are exactly in that time that they're with you? Exactly. And it's not about like keeping them here for life. It's exactly. About, yeah, like keep them you know, in their element and see them rise, essentially. Exactly. And you kind of, I'm sure, have let a lot of people spread their wings and go yeah. do their own thing, which is yeah. really cool. Um, awesome. And last kind of entrepreneurial question. I have been thinking about this a lot lately. As entrepreneurs, we can have our head down really working and nose to the grindstone. But I'm wondering, do you stop and celebrate milestones and really honor all the work you've done that's come to life and and do you ever celebrate these little milestones in your business or is it just something that you don't have time for or think about um i 
We have, we've had a couple of big, big milestones. Um, the first large milestone that we celebrated was having this building or the shell of this building up. So um, we're sitting in a space that was uh, built from the 1800s. It's an old barn that we had deassembled and reassembled on the property. So seeing the shell of the building up was a huge opportunity for us to celebrate and we did uh, have a host a party with everyone that had uh, anything to do with the building awesome. whether you were the plumber the electrician the architect the um, bricklayer whatever it was in a huge barbecue and it's those moments where you can look back and as a as a partnership between Chris and I which isn't always easy to work full-time mm -hmm. with your husband and create no this kidding. thing with your partner and, and husband um, it's uh, it was a really special moment mm -hmm. to just see, have it all the pieces come together and all the various trades and people that had been so meaningful in, yeah. in supporting this this whole piece happen. So, so. We, there's probably opportunity for us to do more of that, but I can mm -hmm. think of that example as, yeah. as something that was really cool. Yeah, and I'll definitely be posting photos of this incredible space in the show notes. So for anyone listening, you can just head over to kelseyridle.com slash the podcast and you can check out beautiful photos of the space because it really is. It's, there's so much to look at in here. I'm, I'm very fascinated with it. Um, awesome. So let's kind of roll this along. I'd love to chat with you a little bit about the industry of craft brewing um, and if we could kind of touch on some, some fun points there because craft beer has been hitting it so big. I don't know if this is just in Ontario or if it's really it's North America wide mm -hmm. or is it worldwide? I think there is an opportunity to say worldwide and yeah. I am by no means an expert no. but my <laughs> gut feeling tells me that it is a worldwide. Mm -hmm. I think similar to what happened to the food movement yeah. where people were really interested in, and curious in, in understanding where the food comes from. Mm -hmm. I see the same shift happening in beer, where there is this focus on locally grown ingredients um, and where is the barley grown and where are the hops coming from. I see this curiosity and this and this um, desire to have fresh made beer, mm -hmm. and we're both big foodies, so we we went through that with the food yeah, um, business, where we were really curious about it, and it's I see that transitioning coming to beer as well, mm -hmm. where people are happy and, and almost demand a certain level of quality in what they're drinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as consumers right now, like we want to experience a brand and the product almost comes second nature to that. Exactly. So if I if I feel really excited around your brand and your story, I'm more apt to buy your product and continue to come back. Exactly. And so with the craft beer industry, I mean, knowing that there's such an abundance, I think almost every town has one. And yeah. being in Toronto myself, like we have so many incredible ones at in every neighborhood surrounding us. So. What is your take, first of all, just on saturation within this industry? Is there such thing? And have we reached a point in Ontario where we're located where, you know, we're, we're kind of maxed out in this industry? Yeah, I, it's, it's uh, saturation is an interesting way to look at things. Um, my gut feeling is that there isn't yet a saturation. I think there's an opportunity for people to really define what it is that they bring to the table mm -hmm. and also to fine-tune the types of beer that 
that they're making and how they're making them and how they're marketing them on the type of experience that they're looking to create. So our our goal right now is to remain within Prince Edward County and that has been a very conscious decision because we, as I mentioned earlier, our focus is all about providing a really great experience within this space that we live in. That's not saying in the future we might not be looking elsewhere, mm-hmm. but for now, it's been really, we have a really clear vision of creating this community hub. And within that community hub providing, we currently have 17 different beers on tap, all wow. brewed right here. And each one of them is unique. And each one of them has a very personal experience or reason for being. And I think as long, if you're able to hone in on that, I think there's, at least in Prince Edward County for now, it feels like there is room for all of us to play and for all of us to share and for all of us mm-hmm. to celebrate each other and to highlight the strengths that we all have at, yeah. at this new new game that, that we've involved or embarked on. Yeah, I think it's so important to kind of reframe if, if someone's feeling like they're in an industry of like competition, it's like why not reframe that to supportive and exactly. rising each other up and creating more awareness around whatever product or service you sell. So. I think that's a really, um, really awesome perspective on that topic of saturation. Yeah, we've um, just brewed a, a brew with Midtown Brewing Company. Oh, cool! Um, yeah. So it's a we're calling it East meets West. I love so that. it's kind of a neat way of collaboration, and and the brewers tend to be pretty close in the yeah. area as well. So it's I think it's a very supportive community. Mm-hmm. I know that it is. Yeah, and so with your vision, you kind of say you want to stay local, mm-hmm. and that so. Um, thinking about your growth like is the end game to get your beers in say like the liquor control board of Ontario like the LCBO or are you just kind of relishing in what you've created right now and focusing on that hyper local yeah we are right now uh, focusing only on Prince Edward County and the vision for that is we we're really conscious of the community this is this is our full-time job mm-hmm. we have shifted from Toronto moved our kids and our family to Prince Edward County my kids go to a school that's locally so for us it's really about giving back to the community mm-hmm. where we currently live and it's about creating that experience and at that destination mm-hmm. within the area so uh, there is currently no plans to move to the LCBO. Um, mm-hmm. We are in about 25 or 26 different locations throughout Prince Edward County. Oh, awesome. Um, so we're, we're, we're happy doing this. And yeah. we need to, uh, both Chris and I are a little bit of you know, perfectionists in a way that mm-hmm. once we're feeling really confident in what's happening, then perhaps we'll expand beyond that, but not, not in the plans currently. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are looking to find your beers, um, do you have a list on your website of where they can be found? Yeah, we do. Okay. We do. Awesome. So I I do feel like through everything you've said, this is more than just what I would say is a brewery. It's very much like a gathering place. And it's, um, you keep saying the word experience, like you're looking to create more than just a come grab a beer and head out. Um, So what do you think about your business and your vision is memorable to your customers and your guests? Like, why do they love coming here so much? Yeah, I think the uh, for us it's an ex- it's an extension of who we are. We, mm-hmm. we every detail that you see in the space has been created with a lot of thought behind it. Um, I think it really is a reflection of of our values. It's a place where you where you gather as a community. It's a place where you come. There's no room for pretense. There's no room for you know leave your egos at the door. Come mm-hmm. as you are. Celebrate who you are at your own pace. 
Um, and that's really what we're trying to create is, is a farm brewery and uh, and is it's within my home. So it's yeah. 19 acres and, and we've got our vineyard behind and our hops that are going to be growing and yeah. and we've um, we've really created it's, it's almost like coming to our living room yeah. and just experiencing and and Very Chris cool. is is making some really amazing beer and the the varieties that he's created is is incredible cool. so it's I think just that's an extension of who you are it's yeah. just an extension of our values and what we believe in and mm-hmm. and um and everything that we've created we've we've ensured that it, it there is a there's a reason within our values to support the creation of that piece Mm -hmm. that's so cool I love that Um, and I can definitely feel that through being in your space it does it feels like it's your home and you've welcomed me into it so I can definitely attest to that Um, you keep mentioning Chris so Chris is your husband Chris is my husband how long have you been together it's going to be 10 years May 28th since we met and previous to owning and opening Parsons had you ever worked together in like a business no way okay and so what were your initial thoughts uh, going into business with your husband? Uh, it's, it, it's funny. So the, we, have, we have very similar ideas as to what needs to be created, but very different strengths. Chris yeah. comes from the banking industry. He's okay. a numbers guy. You know, and we joke that I am so not the numbers woman by any, by any chance. I'm more on the creative side of things. Um, so the, the complementary of the two makes sense. As far as being a team right now, it's, it's helping or we're learning how to create a balance mm. between when does work start and when do we just become a couple again. So it's this, this real balance yeah. of are we partners right now? Are we husband-wife? So it's, it's still fine-tuning those details out. Mm-hmm. So what I originally thought, um, I thought it would be really easy because we get along quite well. And it has had its challenges for sure, and, and just you know little details like decisions that need to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's identifying again our strengths and playing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, where he's really strong, he's a leader and he makes all the decisions. And where I have some strengths, I take some of that lead. Mm-hmm. And so through your work schedules, do you find that you guys work on a similar schedule? Like, are you both kind of in the brewery at the same time or working from your home office? Or do you each just kind of work when the creativity comes? How have you established, like, how much each of you work within this partnership and found structure within that? Yeah, and we're still creating that structure. So Chris is the brewer. So he is in the brewery. Most of the time, he we often joke about he needs to go and tuck his beers to bed. Yeah. I'm like, all right, good night, sweetie. Go tuck your beers to bed. Uh, so we need to wait for that. To That's have why some they taste so good, I'm sure. <laughs> tuck them to bed. Um, so the he's mainly there, and I've taken on the front of house of the experience around here. Mm. So that's a really nice balance. Um, back to our expertise, he works on Sundays, uh, which is my day off. So he works here as the bartender on Sundays, and the rest of the time I'm usually around here. Um, I don't get too involved in the brewing aspect of things. That's entirely his baby. Um, and he gives me a lot of leeway on the experience around here. So mm-hmm. that's the, we, we don't really have a schedule set. Yeah. Um, we are both working really hard, really long, probably seven days a week at this point. Yeah. And we're still in year, you know, three-ish or one-ish, depending how you look at it. Um, so we're still in that hustle, you know, mm-hmm. constantly stage. Yeah. And I think that as entrepreneurs, it's 
really wonderful to be able to have that hustle. And I'm sure when you need a day, you do take it off. Exactly. Or even when you need an hour, yes, you can walk out, go home, and not feel like you need to tell anyone or report to anyone. So I think exactly. that's how we find balance through it all. Exactly. Yes, we probably work harder now than we've ever Absolutely. worked. Absolutely. But um, it's just about being able to say, you know what, I'm coming towards burnout. I need that hour to go read a book or do whatever. So... Um, and because the name of this podcast is the Visionary Life Podcast, is one of you more visionary, forward-thinking, and one of you kind of like the grounded one that's thinking like in the present moment? Or are both of you visionaries? Are both of you... Chris is definitely the visionary. Okay. I need to constantly hold him back. Yeah. From He's ideas. got ideas. He's got all kinds of ideas yeah. all day, every day. Um, and I'm the... Okay. Let's finish with this mm-hmm. idea first. Let's execute this really well. Yeah. And then let's get rolling. And uh, it's it's quite funny because he will often text ideas yeah. and then it's they're done. They've happened. So in his mind. So so yeah. he's he's hundred percent the visionary and uh, I know more of let's let's keep it structured and yeah. grounded and let's create the mm-hmm. the the structure behind it really it's true and I think that's such a that's a really great balance because otherwise you can be stuck in this like idea 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 but nothing works out because you don't actually put a plan around anything and see it through to the end so I love asking that question just to see the different types of dynamics and partnerships Um, and so tell us about the beers that you're known for what are you brewing so we have right now 17 different beers um, which is exciting and Chris is currently um, working on a new hula hoop series which is going to be our sour series that we'll be releasing May 2-4 so we have our general flagships and we have those are traditional German style lagers we have our seasonal lineup we just released a really incredible uh, wine beer hybrid called Sunkissed so we grew our own grapes for it uh, Pinot and Chardonnay grapes and blended that with a saison style yeast and what came out is this most delicious is it wine? Is it beer? Is it cider? It's yeah. it's really interesting, and more and more you'll sh- you'll see uh, breweries shifting towards making some interesting beers like yeah. this. Um, Bumo out of Toronto is one of um, my favorite types of beers, and they'll they'll be making. I know that they're known for doing that. Okay, um, Burdock cool. is the, the beer name, and Bumo yeah. is the name. Uh, we have a really great lineup of stouts, um, and we are playing right now. the The lineup of stouts is called Devil's Right Hand. Uh, and we have um, a couple of options. We have our base recipe and then um, the father, which has been written up about, and uh, people really enjoy it. It's got a really great distinct flavor of whiskey with a bit of an edge, and it's been barrel-aged in bourbon and scotch barrels. Wow. So that makes it kind of special. Um, so we, you know, Chris is, is brilliant at the lineup and at developing different flavors and creating... Uh, beers that he loves Mm -hmm. and I think that's why it's easy for us to sell them because everything he's got out there he really really enjoys and he's poured his whole heart Mm -hmm. into them Um, so that's we're known for the the breadth of the beer that we carry in the county as well as I would say our stouts are are pretty incredible awesome I cannot wait to try them all Um, So what's in the naming process? Um, I think one of the fun things about what you guys do here is that you're constantly coming up with new products, right? It's never just like a stagnant lineup and you get to name them all. And that's such a fun part of owning a product-based business is that you get to like brand each one. So you've got beers called Crushable Pilsner and the Governor ESB and Grandpa Miguel Coffee Stout, Westy Pale Ale. So 
How do you or Chris name the beers and why is that fun for you? Yeah, it's mainly Chris that names the beers and every single name that you see on our blackboard behind the bar has a very personal story. Okay. Um, and the story is either connected to us as a family or connected to Prince Edward County as a community. Cool. So for example, Grandpa Miguel's coffee stout is um, made with or brewed with coffee beans from the highlands of Guatemala, which is where I'm originally from. Cool. And we bring in the beans green and they're from my dad's farm so it started out with my dad just bringing his beans as gifts when he was visiting and then Chris putting them in a beer and then it turned into Grandpa Miguel's coffee stead and now we import the coffee and we sell it and the proceeds go back to a group of women from the 1980 Civil War so it's kind of a really cool connection of all the various dots so fun Um, so there's I mean every every one of them I could go on and on and tell you all sorts of stories about all of them Um, but we can maybe do that at at another another (laughs) we could be here all day yeah um, I have to ask you, what is your favorite beer? I right now I'm really loving the Sunkist. Um, I really enjoyed the Risbal Mango Lassie. So, favorite all time, I would say, is the Sunkist, which is a wine awesome. beer hybrid I was telling you about. Very cool. So, if you're coming to Prince Edward County and you're listening, definitely come check it out. Um, Amazing. And kind of last question, just to kind of wrap it all up. So as I mentioned, the name of this podcast is Visionary Life. And I think work is such an important and fulfilling part of our lives, but it's also important to, you know, disconnect once in a while. So if you have 24 hours away from work, what would your most visionary life look like in that 24 hours? It would have to be close to water. There's something about being close to a lake or an ocean and hearing the sounds of that, uh, whether it's reading close to a lake or just thinking or having a picnic, but I, I really get a lot out of sitting by water. So that, that to me would be the ultimate on a boat, uh, sailing, but just surrounded by water. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. on the podcast. And again, I would encourage everyone to come and check out Parsons. It's the most beautiful building and brewery I've ever seen. Um, I'm assuming you're open seasonally we are open year-round weekends in the winter and as of may 11th we'll be open seven days a week right through until december 31 so we look forward to hosting you great and yeah we'll link uh all the social media and website in the show notes so definitely check them out thank you that's a wrap Until next week, I hope you make tiny leaps in order to achieve your most visionary life. I'd love for you to join my insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook. We talk about our favorite books, our podcasts of the week, tools, tips, and tricks for making our lives easier as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And really, it's just a place to have open and honest conversation. I love taking these podcast discussions offline. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I send a beautiful essential oil blend, the visionary blend, and a love note from me to anyone and everyone who leaves a rating and review. Just make sure you take a screenshot and send it to me with your shipping address. And if you think I'm joking, why not try it out?